We Shun the Sun. Hey everyone, it's David and Dylan here from WeShunTheSun.com with the first podcast of 2018 um, and probably the first since 2015? Probably, so it's probably the first podcast <laughs> in 2015, 16, 17 and now 18. But we're starting it's, it's, been a, it's been a long time. We're less than a week into 2018 and we're already doing it. Yeah, exactly. We're very dedicated. All right, so we're going <laughs> to sort of change our format up i don't think we really needed to stick to just video games now especially with we'll discuss later my obsession with board games we can look at uh, some movies some games and all-around fun things so we'll go into i'm not sure how much you've dived into it david but the uh fact that you can now watch a marvel movie every week and by the time you've done that you've caught up to everything and infinity war releases that week are you aware of this going around no <laughs> I definitely wasn't. So wait a minute. How many movies would that be roughly? I think there's twenty two. Like, I was gonna say mid twenty. Yeah, wow. So that's quite off, crazy, isn't so it? So if we, if you watched Iron Man prior to today, yep, you then follow on with the Incredible Hulk. But I think you can skip that because that's the one with um, Edward Norton, which no one really cares about, and clearly they replaced <laughs> him. Oh yeah, it gets very confusing that. So I think if you skip that one and went to Iron Man, Iron Man two, then Thor. I always forget that Thor came out before Captain America. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. So there's That's a lot of Marvel movies. There's a lot. Um, They've got a lot there. I mean, and with Black Panther coming out in February, that uh, obviously adds an extra one in, which true. I'm really not too sure about. The trailers haven't sold me, but a lot of people think it looks really good. Really? Okay. I mean, I'll be honest, I know virtually nothing about the character. Yeah, that's, I'm the um, same. I know. And that, that was true of Ant-Man as well, and they did that really well. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, so hopefully they're, they're doing something pretty decent with it. But yeah. um, it's only about a month and a bit away, so I'm sure we'll uh, give you our review then if we keep going. <laughs> if we keep going. <laughs> it could be the first and last podcast of 2018. Uh, so we'll welcome to the 2019's first podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next, I don't know if you're aware of this, David, but uh, a new Netflix show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. No, is the answer. I, <laughs> I hadn't heard anything about this. I'm not sure if anyone was really wanting it you don't think there's any rabid Sabrina the Teenage Witch fans out there look I could be wrong I mean I actually did watch uh, the original I reckon when I was a kid I'm sure I remember occasionally having it on oh yeah with Salem the cat yeah I'd probably lie and say it was more for my sister but I'm not sure (laughs) so Um, they have cast the daughter of John Hamm in Mad Men so Kian and Shipka she was a good actress and for a kid actress she was quite good got annoying in some seasons but as she grew up she was a bit better so we'll see how that goes Hmm. I was about to say that. Surely they don't have the same person in it. No, no. <laughs> she's Unless... like 40-something years old. Well, she could be one of the aunts, I guess. <laughs> don't, know she, don't know if she'll be a teenage witch. I, it, would be good yeah. if, it would be good if she did play one of the aunts or something. Yeah, I reckon so too. But uh, then, who knows? I don't know what she's doing now. Like, uh, Who knows? I'd probably just live, she acted in the last 20 years. <laughs> so moving on, on to Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Quick, yep. quick review summary, David. I can't give a quick review summary on this. It's a really... I came out of it thinking it was pretty good. Yeah. And and I still pretty much agree with that. I still think it is pretty good. Um, I didn't love it as much as some of the critics seem to, and I certainly didn't hate it the way that some Star Wars fans seem to. Yeah, it seems to really be doing well with critics and not doing well with fans. Yeah, I mean... See, the thing is, I like that the director tried to do things that we didn't expect. Yes. I just think that some of the unexpected things you did didn't make much sense. Yeah, exactly. There were some, some weird bits in there. And in uh, that news, the drop-off in sales. So and there's a big article in IGN that uh, China does not care about Star Wars The Last Jedi. 
So since but did they care about the others? They did. So leading oh, in, really? so China uh, opened with five hundred and sixty thousand US dollars yep. in May wow. so far, which is the yeah, equivalent yeah. of seven hundred and twelve thousand dollars Australia. Thank you, UE dot com. Yep. And <laughs> Force Awakens in its opening week made two point five million USD China compared to Gee, Australia. That's 3. a massive difference. So that's a very big drop. It's over almost two million difference in its run in its opening week so it, I believe it came out a bit later in China so maybe some of the negative press did affect it yeah it's an interesting one I mean if I'm being a tiny bit cynical I mean in this movie they introduced an Asian actress yeah it's true but... sometimes they do that to try I mean Star Wars probably less so but um, I think they would be surprised that it's it seems to have heard it I mean not not that in itself but I think they'd be very surprised this movie has done significantly worse. Yeah, it's a very big drop. But I mean, obviously, the people were riding on high on a new Star Wars, new trilogy, Episode Seven thing. So I can see why this one might not make as much everywhere. But that's a very big drop. It is a very big drop. It's it's been a really interesting movie. Um, like I said, not what a lot of people expected, and maybe there is a bit of. A, concerned now about him having his own trilogy that's correct isn't it it is it is uh, so, johnson yeah so it'll be very interesting to see what episode nine essentially does with what episode eight introduced because really it didn't answer that many questions and if anything, well, yeah. it just had you asking more so nine's well, gonna have to do a lot <laughs> i think that's one of the things that a lot of people pointed out where we were at the end of the movie and the start it's not really that different no, so... <laughs> like things have happened, but the state of play hasn't changed much at all. Exactly. exactly. Um, so yeah, very unusual. Now let's move into some video game news, and there's been a heavily rumored Nintendo Direct coming out on January 11 with some of the more well-known leakers who have been proved right the majority of times, stating that mm. this is the almost the equivalent of an E3. They're really going to lay out their 2018 plans, and this is meant to occur on January 11. So that's yeah, close. right. I saw a couple of people talking about this. Again, no one really seems to know anything yet. Um, but it could be huge because Nintendo had a massive year last year. I think I saw that it's the fastest selling console in the US. It is. So, after its first year, yeah. which is huge. It's huge. It's massive for Nintendo to have. But you have um, to think with the, with the lineup they had in the first year, it's not too surprising. Oh, it? I agree completely. Their lineup was amazing. And that's why I think. A lot of people are kind of wondering now what's next. Yeah, so I think uh, that's probably why they need to come out and state, well, we've got you covered for 2018 as well, because so far all mm. we really know about is a Yoshi game and a Kirby game, which really don't have the draw of Mario and Zelda. Agreed. There is an idea that they might be trying to push Game Freak to get a Pokemon out the window, or out the door. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised, uh, uh, but if they're doing that, it would have to be a pretty... It couldn't be that different from Ultra Sun and Moon, really. You wouldn't think so. Um, because, of course, they are porting that, essentially, to the Switch already, aren't they? Um, I thought that was... was that, that only rumoured? Rumored. Ah, right. Yeah, so... It'll be, I, mean, I mean, there's been heavy, heavy rumours since Day Dot that the Wii U Smash Brothers was going to get ported across. That's true. So maybe they've just been holding on to that for, to basically keep the momentum going, possibly. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of good and bad news when it's ports because in the case of something like Mario Kart, um, that was just, it was a really good port and um, it would have sold really well for the Switch. Yeah, it was one but, of the things where uh, they knew they had a fantastic game but no one to play it on the Wii U. <laughs> exactly, and they were obviously still capitalizing on that but after, you know, the console's been out for a year or so, you do want them to 
we're bringing a lot of new things as well and not just uh, upscaling their old games and bringing that across. So I'm sort of in the middle on the idea of a Smash Brothers being ported across. I love the game, but I guess I just really want to see a new one. Yeah, they would have to make it quite a deluxe with a lot of characters in it. But I mean, the roster is yeah. really amazing. Like, I'm looking around my room and there's like 60 Amiibos or something. So it's like 60 Smash Brothers characters. It was a great game. Don't get me wrong. And the um, fact that they made it work on the on the 3DS was pretty astonishing as well. I mean, obviously the graphics were down, but the fact that it was pretty much on parody with characters and stages and everything. Well, it felt like Smash Brothers, which was the big thing. Exactly. Um, it wouldn't have been possible on any of the previous handhelds. Definitely. Uh, HTC have... There's a rumor that HTC Vive's announcing a new version January 8th. There's a tease on their Twitter of uh, the new revolution. A lot of people are hinting that this might be a new control scheme and better visuals. But as we, hmm. as we do know, the Vive, it's not cheap and you need a lot of space. Yeah, I'm... I like the potential of virtual reality gaming, but it's still not there. And I think I've been saying this for probably like three years now or something. feels like ages, but for me, it's still not there. It's still not where your average person is going to ever consider it. It's purely for your diehard enthusiasts. And if you're a software developer, would you make a game for only the diehard enthusiasts? Exactly. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, in saying this, a lot of people said, oh, there was a lot of creators for the Vita, but no audience. But you think it's almost the opposite way. Like, there's not much of an audience with yeah. VR, I assume. Because, I mean, if you're looking at high-end VR, you develop something. The I'd say right now, you have to think that the most VR units around are the PlayStation VR because it's the cheapest. They would be. And it's obviously, it is categorically the worst in terms of graphical fidelity and what it can actually yep. run. So if you're developing something, you're going to develop something that doesn't look pretty. So it's yeah, not totally. scale to a high-end market. And put it this way, that would be the highest-selling um, VR platform. It would have to be, but especially after the at, recent price cut. Yes, of course. But look at the software available for it. Yeah, this, I mean, there's still really nothing you would... The highest-end games you've got are Resident Evil, Skyrim, and Doom. And by all accounts, playing Doom is basically a headache. A lot, be, a lot of yeah. people are enjoying Skyrim, but again, it's... How do you the moving around and everything is the hard part to really capture in VR if you're not walking around a room? Yeah, it really is. A lot of people have said that. Even for Resident Evil Seven, which um, I saw the creator had confirmed that the game moves slightly slower if you play it in VR. Yeah, so you can react probably. I still haven't played well, Resident it's, Evil. Well, it lessened the likelihood of motion sickness. Okay. They yeah. said that in their testing, people kept getting sick, so they had to make you move a bit slower. And the funny um, thing is, the PlayStation Experience they announced the Wipeout VR, which just looks like a throw-up, <laughs> throw-up yeah. machine. Yeah, I know it's true. Wipeout again, it's got a big fan base, but I'm just not sure that VR is going to be the way that most people choose to play it. Um, yeah, it's true, very true. I guess they're really just trying to get some sort of what can you yeah. put on the VR. They, they they can't really put God of War on there, really. No, and this is the trickiest thing about VR gaming. Traditional games don't work that well for it. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to come up with totally new custom-built experiences. And again, That's expensive. The, the incentive, <laughs> it's expensive and the incentive to do it isn't there when hardly anyone is in a position to buy it. So definitely, definitely. Really tough position right now. All right, and as of three days ago, IGN has released its review of PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds version 1.0 on the PC. They've given it a yep. 9.5. <laughs> It's awfully high. And it's very it's high for high. when you consider how buggy the game still is, especially on the very first 1.0 release, where basically the first 30 seconds, you were just an elastic band running forwards and backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like, if I was to review the game on its 
impact. Yeah, yeah. Then, you then a nine point five probably sounds about right because it's Three you know there's already all these clones. On Steam. They were they were running. Oh yeah. Six months ago they were saying will it surpass one million or will it surpass Dota at one point two million? Now it's at yeah. three million. It's it's insane. I must admit, I never ever would have predicted that level of popularity. I because still, it, I mean, I, mean, it's, I wish it's, I had a, got it. I wish I had got it on the early days. I mean, I was probably. I think I bought it about three weeks after it came out. It was one of the first That's people right. in our group to buy it. And was yeah. like, okay, well, you know, this is sort of fun. This is 30 bucks, whatever, that'll be fun. But the fact that it's still going and more and more players pretty much every day. It's crazy. I mean, it's also weird because it's it's so highly watched on, you know, Twitch and all these streaming I, I don't find it fun to watch either. But this is the thing. We both said this. It's not... It's really more a game just, that if you like listening and talking, I guess some sort of communication with the person you like, I guess. And maybe that is what it is. It's the sort of game that has all that downtime that allows the people playing to connect with their viewers at the same time as playing. I- I'm not sure. I'm just guessing here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because pretty much if you're not dropping in hard, it's pretty much a 25 minute pickup simulator. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I will say is this any game that does suddenly go huge like this, or well, not on this scale, but even remotely close to it. They all seem to have to be successful on Twitch these days to stand a chance. Then that's that, the I truly believe that. Uh, yeah, so won't dwell on uh, Battlegrounds too long. Let's look yeah, at yeah. just another thing that popped up. We've got uh, games done quick starting in a few days. Oh, awesome. Yeah, i totally forgotten about that. It's always great to watch the speed runs and donating there for the charities. It's always great. Usually, David sends a donation in, which generally <laughs> makes fun of me. So that's <laughs> at least at least the charity is getting the money. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all for a laugh. It uh, is. It's amazing just how good they are, though. And they make a lot of money. And the fact they're doing it twice... Well, I think it's twice a year still, isn't it? And if not... Oh, yeah. And it takes dedication to plan all that out. And, um, you know, you've got people, you know, literally... It looks like their time. They're running it at, you know, 4 or 3 a.m. or something. Yeah, exactly. You'd be pretty dead. <laughs> I mean, it obviously does help promote that person's own channel and everything as well. So they are getting something small out of it. But the big thing True. is obviously that everything donated goes to charity and not to them but at least if you That's find the main someone thing. you like or you enjoy someone's speed running or the way they interact whilst they're speed running you may follow them on twitch etc is there any particular um game that you love watching get uh, speed run or? i'm just i oh, just still watch i just still watch happy hobbit every day every day on twitch whenever <laughs> i can i mean it was so funny yes like he's the for people who don't know, he's the first person that went through Dark Souls 1 without getting hit once, and then Dark Souls 2 without getting hit once, then Dark Souls 3 without getting hit once. Yeah. His challenge now is doing all three in one day without getting hit. He, I watched because I had the day off. He did three flawlessly. He did two flawlessly. He did one up to Seath and then fell off an edge. Oh. He didn't get hit, but it's a no hit, no death run. He'd beaten all he'd beaten all the bosses up to see the scalers, which is probably about eighty percent of the game, and then fell off an edge and had to stop. <laughs> it's insane to even I mean, if you'd asked me years ago when Dark Souls was first released and we're playing through it, whether anyone would ever attempt the game with that and the thing is when we say no hit, that includes hits on shield. That's right? correct. He cannot be yeah. touched. I, I would have assumed it was impossible, honestly. And he's even made it harder for himself saying no death, so slipping off edges. That still counts. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I genuinely would have thought that was impossible. He, is, he was seven hours and I think 30 minutes in and to, yeah, just fall off an edge. <laughs> it's not there. Of course, being the Crystal Caverns with the invisible walkways doesn't help. Oh, is that where it happened? <laughs> but the thing is, he did fall off a walkway that was visible. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> so, he, yeah. He cracked it rightly and has now moved on to trying to no-hit Bloodborne. So that sounds probably harder than the Dark Souls with the fact of how aggressive that game is. God, yeah. <laughs> so now I mean, he's trying to no-hit Bloodborne. That's insane as well. <laughs> That'll be crazy. Uh, <laughs> final topic, board games and how they've taken over my life, essentially, and my wallet's life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard to describe that uh, collection you've got so, without some sort of photo supporting it because there is a lot of games there. Uh, there's probably around 60 or so, I think. There's a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a decent number. It's a decent number. It's not including the ones you sold and moved on. Yeah. There's, there's been a few of those. There's been a lot of those. I said, so what are you I, playing at the moment? Um, what I want to play is the Fallout game right now. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. I haven't to that yet, but what playing right now is obviously Kingdom Death Monster, with which myself and you have started our campaign. We're very early days, but what I think invested I've pro- I've probably invested around $1,000. Let's not talk you're, about you're it. You're probably pretty close as well. Oh, I don't want to know. I mean, it's. I felt like we just had to go all in on this, didn't we? So, to describe Kingdom Death Monster, how would you describe it to someone who plays video games? Like, what's the board game experience like? Um, it's uh, God, it's a bit like Dark Souls Cross Monster Hunter, I'd say, I in terms of theme. Um, you're taking on big monsters. You you get parts off them when you beat them. And then you use it to craft new gear. I mean, that's that really is sort of a cross between the two. I will also, I will also state that it's quite a sexually explicit game too. <laughs> yeah, it's got elements of that. That's for sure. I've, um, I've got a uh, expansion monster which is covered in penises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit unusual. It's got this kind of like, I mean, it's horror, body horror. It's it's a little bit weird, and it won't be for everyone because of that. And I think that's totally fair. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of. I don't relish that side of it, but I can ignore it. It doesn't really bother me either way. That's exactly right. Sometimes we just laugh at it. To me, it's easy to ignore, really. With what the game is, it's basically hunting monsters. doesn't really matter what yeah. they look like. The, I mean, one of the fun parts as well is putting it together. I, I didn't think I'd enjoy that, but some of them I have enjoyed putting together. Some I've wanted to end myself. Oh, up. yeah. <laughs> some of them are really, really difficult or time-consuming. Um, I would say that it's... It's really in a strange place because I've heard some people say it's really complex. Other people say it's fine. And I'm somewhere in the middle because there is a lot of sort of, not a lot of rules, but a lot of things that can complicate certain parts. Like already we're seeing the fights, which started off simple, having these new elements introduced, which do give you more things you have to think about and remember. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, But overall, on a turn-by-turn basis, it's not really that complex. It's just a lot of... It's positioning your character and then rolling dice to see whether you manage to attack the monster. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Definitely. And looking now, I'm having a look. The most funded ever Kickstarters. It looks like it's fourth. Yeah, which is insane for a board game. Uh, and in uh, comparing the other four, I'm having a look. Yep. So the Pebble Time, which we both also kickstarted. Yeah, that's true. Made, and Pebble are now gone. They are. They were bought out by Fitbit. Yeah. 20.3 million Pebble Time made, which was the second Pebble. Wow. Um, 
Oh, that's a terrible background. I can't really read that. The next was the coolest cooler, which actually oh, yeah. never really got delivered to the majority of people. Yeah, that's been a failure in that a lot was, of ways. That was 13.2 million, so quite a drop there, around 7 million worth of drop. Yeah. The first and second. In third, you have the Pebble 2, Time 2, which actually was uh, after it finished, two weeks, I believe, two weeks after it's finished, they announced that they were bought out by Fitbit, and I think. Oh. They, I'm not sure if they actually were delivering that or they refunded everyone. Huh. Because I think yeah, it was only a few weeks after it was announced that Fitbit actually bought them out. I didn't hear one way or another on that. Yeah, that's interesting. Obviously, we didn't enjoy our pebbles that much, so we didn't bother with the second one. Yeah. Um, I guess I just got sucked in on the hype. <laughs> yeah, it was a... Uh, oh, what was that console? The Ouya. Oh, the, the Ouya. <laughs> oh, oh God. And saying that, the Ouya is the... Eighth highest ever. But That's King, horrifying, King isn't it? Death Monster sitting at fourth with twelve million three hundred ninety-three thousand. So it is very popular. Yeah. Interestingly, but in looking at that, in the top ten, three of them are board games now. <laughs> Kingdom Death Monster, Exploding Kittens, and Seventh Continent. Yeah, I mean, board games are so popular on there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've seen quite a few stats about you know an enormous percentage of the things funded through Kickstarter and even the money made on Kickstarter all goes towards board games. So obviously a lot of developers, um, board game developers are using it. Exactly. I'd say it's a lot more successful for board games and video games. No, oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, the thing with video games is they use, they generally cost many millions. And the thing is, if you go there with a video game, it's generally for extras, like the games. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, it started off differently with obviously Broken Age, which was the Double Fine project where they actually yep. needed that money to That's right. make the game whereas now it seems like games that come up there are pretty much games that are almost going to be made regardless and you're just correct adding things onto it and getting t-shirts or your name in the credits and things like that i think there's one other element too which is a board game you know from when you fund it how long would you think it usually takes oh usually around a year yeah yeah i'd say a year is about right sometimes earlier sometimes longer whereas a game through kickstarter god <laughs> Like Shenmue three, three years, Shenmue three, <laughs> yeah. which was announced, I think it was twenty fifteen, and they're still likely probably looking at the end of twenty nineteen at best. Yeah, so this is the thing: a lot of people are not really patient enough to fund now and wait several years when you can usually wait till the game's out and get it for a similar price. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's kind of questionable value sometimes. All right, well, we might end our first episode there. It's gone for around twenty two minutes, which is good for first and hopefully uh we have some people who listen through to this and enjoy it and give us some feedback yeah cool sounds good all right thanks for joining us thank you